this is Lorsheng. And Gigi. Welcome to Slice Street, a space where we recreate our post-meal conversations with guests, discussing life, dreams, failures, and sharing stories. Yeah, just like we do after sharing a meal with friends in the comfort of our home. So hope you enjoy listening in to our conversations with our guests. Hey everybody, welcome to episode six. We have a very special guest today, Eric Bailey Jr., who is one of Lorsheng's friends down in SoCal. Um, I certainly learned a ton and super blessed by his stories that he was able to share. Um, so excited for you guys to listen in as well. Yeah, I've known Eric um, for the last maybe four years um, since being down in Los Angeles. Um, I know him from church. Um, but yeah, I kind of agree with what Gigi was saying. It was super, super cool to hear him kind of talk about his upbringing as well as um, kind of his his passions of why he's um, in the entertainment industry. Um, and so I think there's a lot of things that... Um, I learned that was kind of new for me or even just a reminder of his story um you know we recorded this um in February um and it so happened to be uh, Black History Month and we didn't intentionally um have him on um for this episode but it was kind of it was kind of sweet it's kind of sweet moment when me and Gigi realized that we were having Eric who's African-American um on the show and while we didn't intentionally um have questions or bring up uh, what it meant to be black um, for him in his experience. Um, it just kind of came up um, in our conversations and in his stories about his upbringing, and as well as even just currently as he's um, discovering what it means to be black and kind of being able to share that with other people, even on the mission field. So it was really sweet and almost serendipitous that we had Eric. Uh, for the month of February, even though we realize this is being released in in March. Before we get started, um, you'll notice that this episode is a little bit different stylistically um, in terms of format than our previous episodes. You know, when we interviewed Eric, it actually ended up being longer than we had planned, but it was because there was just so much gold and so much stories and things that Eric had to share. So without further delay, here is our interview with Eric Bailey Jr. Well, today we've got um, a special friend of mine, um, Eric Bailey Jr. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Eric also known by EBJ. Uh, a lot of people call me EBJ, but I call him Eric for the most part because it's just less syllables than EBJ. <laughs> That's like You're my right. Reason. I'm like, Actually, I never noticed Eric. that you call me Eric. I, I kind of intentionally call you Eric because just it's easier for me than EBJ. <laughs> but then I realized you respond to that. You like it gives you life. So I know that. <laughs> well, fun fact, I've actually never once introduced myself as EBJ. <laughs> that's, oh. that's probably true. Yeah, once you get to know Eric, then it becomes Eric, EBJ. <laughs> yeah, everyone else calls me that. I've never introduced myself as that. <laughs> but I like I love it. I love the nickname. Anyways, yeah, um Eric's a good friend of mine. I've known him basically since almost since I've been living in LA. Um I know Eric through church 
And I can't, you know, I was trying to like think about like, what was the first memory I had of Eric? But I, I, I just couldn't, maybe I just, maybe my memories. We met at a worship team gathering. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's probably true. Yeah. We know each other through worship. Yeah. Eric is a singer, a beautiful singer. Um, and so I think that's how we met, but I think we really developed a friendship because we live, we both lived in the same city and we would carpool all the time. And my memories of Eric was we would uh, carpool to church on Sundays and Eric would be just like always all about like blasting, like some form of music in the car. Um, uh, and so Eric, yeah. And usually it's like some gospel song. Um, and it was like, just like, like, it's like eight o'clock or maybe sometimes it's like six o'clock in the morning. We'd be listening to like gospel music, high volume in the car. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's how we met. And we've just, I've just been so fascinated. I mean, I've loved your friendship, but fascinated by who you are. Um, and in what you're doing in the entertainment industry and what you're doing even now, but also as just like a way that you are so intentional and so, um, um, confident in how you, um, how, how you interact with your friends and in your relationship. So, uh, I'm just so excited to bring you on the show and just to hear your, your story and just to hear the things that you bring. I think you really bring something unique in my life and i think in a lot of people's lives so this is affirmation time that's just happening right now <laughs> um but let me give you the floor eric uh tell us a little bit about yourself you know uh what was growing up like you know where are you from and what are you up to right now yeah okay um so i was actually born in the bay area lots mm-hmm. of people don't know that oh wow um born in the bay area uh lived there up in east oakland until i was about nine um, maybe eight or nine, and then we moved down to Pasadena, where my mom's from. So my dad's from Berkeley, mom's from Pasadena. Uh, moved down here, been here ever since, um, minus the one year I ran away to Atlanta. Um, <laughs> yeah. Decided I wanted to be a big boy and go out on my own, and uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, been in LA ever since. Uh, I have uh mom and a dad who this may will have been married for 29 years um i have an older sister who's a year older than me and uh she's got a family of her own uh i got a nephew who will be four this summer and then a niece who's on the way in about two weeks wow um yeah and then i have another sister who's two years younger than me she's the genius in the family uh master's degree big fancy job um doing her thing (laughs) and then uh I've got a wonderful wife of six months yeah and a baby on the way (laughs) Woo! yeah that's crazy so proposal wedding and baby uh, baby. that was like May to November yeah yeah you got you got engaged you got married and then you got pregnant (laughs) Yeah, is that is that what Christian college couples do? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay, um, but uh, uh, Eric, why don't you tell us uh, what are you up to right now? What's what's kind of right now? What do you Matt, do? Okay, this season has been really interesting. Um, I've had a million and two different jobs: retail, food service, church. 
all the things. <laughs> um, and this year, um, honestly, I, I, I say COVID is probably the best thing that ever happened for me mm-hmm. um, because I was really forced out of that comfort zone career-wise. Um, so I was teaching, uh, running a performing arts program for a private Christian school. And um, unfortunately, the school like shut down completely in October. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it left me kind of in a pit, uh, a pinch. And being one month married was very stressful. But uh, my wife and I, we prayed and, you know, we talked and planned. And my wife was just like, hey, you have all these gifts and talents and your dream is to be in the entertainment industry. And I know and you know that God has called you to this. So go do it. We'll figure it out. Don't work a nine to five that doesn't have anything to do with, you know, this career path. Just go and I support you. And, you know, whatever this looks like, whether it's hard or easy, I'm here. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love you. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, so um, almost immediately, the Lord, like, just started giving me all these stories and stories that I realized I had already had, um, you know, for years, but just didn't really know what I was supposed to do with them. And so I just began to create and connect with friends who are, you know, either in the industry already or wanting to grow in the industry um, or in their skills. And so right now um, I'm developing an animated series um, that <laughs> um, we are we are putting together our pitch packet to pitch it to networks. I got an amazing friend on board who's a writer, um, and it was really important to me that it came from a Black voice. And so I called my friend Karis, and I said, Karis, I've got this story, and I think you'd be amazing to write it. And so this, this story is about these uh, middle school age kids who they, they have a history teacher um, who takes them around the world, um, back like in time. Magic um, school bus. Yeah, yeah. They, that's what everybody says. It's like a, it's like a mix between magic school bus, Scooby-Doo and Phineas and Ferb. Also in conjunction with, with that, just my desire for, you know, um, specifically African-American and um, Latin American people to travel and experience the world really. I feel like a lot of us don't get out and explore the world. Um, and really Americans in general, I feel like, um, you know, we make up any excuse to not go because of something someone said or some mm. stigma that's out there instead of going and really immersing ourselves in the culture and learning it for ourselves. Um, um, and then in addition to that, uh, I've got a short film coming out soon. Um, first short film that I've directed uh, and it's actually based on a friend of mine, her spoken word piece. Um, She wrote a book of poems and spoken word pieces and I read one of the poems and I was like, oh my gosh, can we turn this into a short story? And yeah, it's just, it's been such an amazing, amazing process um, seeing it come together. What is the best food I prefer the most of all the sweetest dessert? After discussing this with Eric about other projects he's been a part of, um, we asked Eric what performing and creating means to him. Here's what he had to say. There is no joy like the joy that I have when I have a 4.30 a.m. call time and I have to drive 
30 miles <laughs> at four o'clock in the morning what a, can I, and then on set until 8 p.m <laughs> what about that gives you joy like what about acting performing what about that it's just gives- being a part i mean acting wise i just being able to like i i, I love to tell stories i love to tell stories like mm. i can go on for days on any story and being able to step into another character like even the smallest of roles and be able to be a part of telling the story just brings me so much joy I mean I spent a full year in Atlanta as a background actor an extra if you will no lines just on screen just you know being a part of the crowd and for me that brought me so much joy because even if I didn't have a line even if my face was not recognizable I got to be a part of making the story come together yeah so something and, about story, yeah. telling stories draws you. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's why I love the directing piece so much because now I'm not just a piece of it, but I'm in control of it, if you will. Like I get to collaborate with other people and you know really be a part of the process from start to finish to make the story you know oh. come together. the interview we had planned to discuss eric's creative history and experience in the entertainment industry but it was pretty apparent from the beginning that knowing eric his background and even his passions you know we couldn't separate his heritage and identity as an african-american and what that identity piece meant to him eric talked about the joys about growing up in a black church and what it meant to have a huge community around him you know aunties and uncles that weren't blood related but felt like family Um, but you know he also shared some aspects of his identity that he was still understanding and exploring Um, you know at some point um, at the conversation Gigi shared a little bit about her encounters with black history during her multiple trips to West Africa when visiting an historical slave house there and there was a moment um, that was super profound and insightful for both of us as first generation children of immigrants to hear what Eric had to say about heritage. Yeah, I've never been to Africa. It's on my list. Um, Don't know how that's gonna work with a baby now, but (laughs) it's (laughs) definitely on the list to just go and explore all the history and just different nations there and and such. Um, Yeah, I, one thing that I think I'm very envious of a lot of people um, is that they can trace their heritage. Um, And yeah, it it just like, it it makes me so sad to, you know, not be able to like have a, a culture outside of American culture that I, outside of african-american culture that i can just like connect to and have customs and things like that you know to pass on and and yeah especially because like 
you know, I've got so many friends who are like Nigerian or, you know, Korean, Taiwanese, you know, Mexican, whatever it is, who can be like, well, I'm first generation American or my parents moved here when they were kids, when my grandparents were, you know, immigrants or whatever it was, or be able to say, you know, I can still go back and visit my cousins in China. And, mm. you know, like, and I'm just like, well, if I went to Africa, I couldn't even tell you which country I'm supposed to belong to, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm so envious of that. Um, but also I feel like there's still this beauty in being able to just like, you know, partially partake in the smorgasbord <laughs> of cultures, you know, and customs yeah. and things that come out of that continent, mm. um, you know, and be able to take, maybe this sounds bad, but be able to like, you know, pick and choose or take whatever pieces of those things I want, um, you know, and, and create, I guess, my own culture from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I I think I think when you were talking, at least in my mind, I'm like, no, you have every right to do that um, because this is, you know, you are in th- this, uh, you are multicultural, like in terms of your experience, and but I think that's also very human too. We, mm-hmm. as transient and cultures, constantly changing, you know, always trying to find that belonging. You know, I think that's a very human experience of, of, you know, uh, trying to find our place. I wonder if it's also just an American thing, like whether you're, you're, you're black or you're like, or you're white Caucasian. Like, I feel like that's kind of like an American value where you kind of forget your past or you kind of strip yourself away because we're so individualistic. And so Mm -hmm. like our, who we are is not tied to our past or who our family and our heritage and I wonder if that I mean and then you also think about history of like just um I mean just history of slavery about sh- literally stripping people from their heritage and yeah place and how our the country our country is built on like a history of immigrants people leaving and so yeah this is yeah you think about one one thing one experience that kind of shaped that viewpoint for me or helped me realize that you know the rest of the world is so not completely disconnected from what goes on here but just like you know they don't to some extent they're not learning you know our history just like we don't learn theirs is when i was in um berlin on missions in 2017 on just a two-week trip um I met this kid, Mohammed, in one of the refugee camps. He was an uh, Afghan boy, 15 or 16. Um, Spoke very little English, mostly German and Farsi. Um, And my team consists of me black, um, one white woman, Carol Keener, and white guy. And then uh, two Koreans, one Filipino girl, and one Chinese girl. So, super um super diverse group um but he asked us you know he was with us and just like where are you guys from Mm -hmm. um and I could speak a little bit of German and so I was able to communicate with him I'm like oh you know these two are Korean um they're she's Filipino she's Chinese and you know I'm 
American, I'm just black. And um, he looked at me, he's like, no, like, where are you from before America? And I was like, oh, like my ethnicity, huh? And I was like, I don't know. And he looked so confused and he's just like, how don't you know where you're from? And I was like, oh my God, this kid has probably never ever read anything about the Atlantic slave trade. He probably has no idea, you know, how black people got into Europe or the Americas. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense that he wouldn't. Why do they need to know that in Afghanistan? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I couldn't tell you a single thing about anything that, you know, his people struggle with. Because <laughs> um, why would I, why would I? You know? um, and so in a Google Translate note, I typed for about five minutes and <laughs> explained <laughs> everything I could <laughs> keep it brief as to why I don't know what country in Africa I, you know, originate from. And for the first time in my life, and I think, how old am I now? 28. So I was like 25 then, 26. Um, I, for the first time in my life, I experienced, you know, what I think no one in America, no black person in America will probably ever experience, but experienced the look on someone's face as they read the story, you know, of how black people got to America for the very first time. Wow. And it was like heartbreaking for me to see the heartbreak on his face. And he looked at me and he put his hand on my shoulder and then he hugged me and in English said, I'm so sorry. Mm. And I just like bawled mm. because I was just like this 15 year old kid, you know, who just has no idea. He's just living life, you know, family uprooted and God knows how he got to this country, you know, um, from his home, learning about this absolutely horrific thing that just now, you know, for us, it's just like common knowledge and this thing that happened, you know, years ago. But for him, it's like, it's fresh, it's new, and it's it's hard. And I, I didn't even know how to respond to his apology because if someone, if, if honestly, if anyone in America walked up to me and was like, hey, Eric, I'm so sorry for, you know, what happened to your people, you know, three, 400 years ago, I'd probably be like, whatever why are you apologizing to me like honestly like yeah. that's not that's not what I need that's not what I want that's not you know but to receive that from him I don't know it, it hit differently As a friend of Eric's for four years, there was a lot in our interview that I learned and appreciated more about him. Even even now, just editing and re-listening to the audio clips, um, there's just a lot of things that I discovered, you know, about his journey and, and understanding what it meant to be Black and also Black creative and how his upbringing, passions, and identity shapes his art and his purpose. As we were bringing our conversation to a close, we ended our interview back to storytelling and dive deeper on the kind of impact it can have in our world. Here's what Eric had to say. 
I think it, it's uh, it's so interesting. So I, over the last like two or three years, I think I've become a lot more woke, if you will. Um, sure. Like not that I wasn't aware of struggles of African-Americans before, because obviously I'm Black, I you know have experienced some stuff as well. Yeah. But um, I think there were so many things that were happening in the world that I sort of felt like, disconnected from because it wasn't directly happening to me or anybody I knew until there was an instance about three years ago that happened to someone I knew um, that kind of hit it for me like oh this is close to home and since then I think I've been a lot more aware of the struggles of um, you know minorities really in the entertainment industry um, you know both in like the production aspect as well as like the performer aspect and so um, you know, the, the type of stories that I want to tell are not necessarily like, you know, specifically like, ah, I want to tell black stories and raise awareness for this, that, and the other, like, that's a piece of it. But, um, I want to, I want to tell stories in a way that makes anyone feel like they can connect to it, that they can connect to the characters, you know, struggle or journey, um, or whatever, like, um, and, you know, with my, with my animation, um, you know, one of the things that was really important to me was to um, cast a very diverse group of characters, um, and give them like these really cool deep backstories. Um, but like stories that you don't normally, you know, see represented in children's uh, entertainment, Be and not to like, you know, force certain things down kids throats but to um give space for you know parents to begin having conversations um with their children about you know hey this is what you know slavery was really like or this is you know these are some differences between you know buddhism and christianity and you know their beliefs and things like that and like i want to touch on those things i want to touch on you know, the the struggles of African-Americans and, you know, right now, um, Asians and Asian-Americans in this country in a way, you know, that kids and, you know, can understand, um, but a way that that gives parents space to, to think about those things as well. Um, I want to create a, a platform, um, like I said, where where any and everyone is is represented what you've experienced in life and what the cultures or the stories that you've experienced, you want to be able to, in, in whatever way you can attempt to bring that beauty onto the screen or bring that beauty into your art. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, just, you know, show the complexity and the beauty of uh, every single human, which is kind of yeah. like what we want to do with even this podcast that like, um you know, you don't have to be someone special with, you know, thousands of followers to be heard, you know, yeah. to have your story actually show something wonderful and beautiful um, and relatable. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Um, and really, it sounds like, you know, uplifting those who aren't often sh shown, you know, because it's equally and even you know more beautiful because it's something that we don't rec we don't see often on screen yeah the forgotten or the forgotten stories so i think that is yeah it's it's incredible and it's motivating it's what you know probably makes you 
go through the grind um, and the difficulties. guest we have like a fun like post interview question just to kind of get to know a little bit um get to know you a little bit um so our questions are what's something you recommend so it could be like i put down marriage tips if you have <laughs> um that was the first one and then oh, what's, have something- I got the marriage <laughs> what's something you don't recommend so it could be really anything like don't do this or avoid this Gosh, I've been thinking about those all day and I've come up with nothing. Um, it could be something brief. It doesn't have to be something incredibly spectacular. It's just, you know. Uh, you know, along the lines of what I've shared tonight, I do recommend study abroad. Go live in another country if you're in college. Um, yeah, go do it. That is one thing that I deeply regret not doing, um, but still I'm so grateful for all the travel experiences I've had. Um, and if you can't go study abroad, just go. And like, don't go stay in a five-star hotel in a spa, you can do that here. You don't need to go rough it and live in a box either, but <laughs> just <laughs> go and connect with the locals <laughs> and just immerse yourself in the culture and eat all the things and just enjoy life and the world um, when it's safe to do so. Uh, don't recommend, hmm, I'm trying to think of, like, all the silly, ridiculous things I've done lately, um, or it could be, like, food, or, like, that wasn't great, or, but see, the only thing that I'll not recommend is kimchi, but, like, the whole world is gonna be, like, wait, hey, that's about. fair, that. yeah, that. fine, I do not recommend kimchi, don't <laughs> do it, and then you have to say your explanation, I feel like I just I just think it's like the most disgusting thing ever. I love so much all the other Korean foods, but so I spent I spent uh, about twenty days in South Korea on a choir tour in college, and um, we were eighty five guys. We were all guys choir, um, mm. eighty five of us, and you know I, I think the assumption with all the churches and the the groups that like hosted us and fed us. We're just like, oh my gosh, American men, they've never been to Korea. Give them all the Korean delicacies, which is kimchi. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've had kimchi in every form you can think of. Kimchi okay. breakfast burrito, kimchi fried rice, kimchi, mm. kimchi, um, kimchi <laughs> sandwiches, no lie. Just like, and for me, like, I think that was my third international trip. And my second one was Mexico. So like, you know, so that was my first time in Asia and the food was just, I had never had Korean food before mm. and being overwhelmed with kimchi was just, just not, was not Not for you. And that is okay. Yeah. It reminds me of like the fermented beans we had in Japan. They have this like breakfast beans where it's like oh. gooey and it's, it's like as bitter as like wasabi kind of oh, um so I, I looked I was like oh you know it looks great and everyone you know for Asians they're like if it's healthy you got to eat it they're uh-huh. like it's healthy it's good for you okay you know it was horrible I couldn't <laughs> think about one I was like oh it's just 
stuck in my mouth. Well, yeah, Eric, thanks for being on the show. Um, and thanks for having me. Yeah. This was yeah. fun. Would love to know, is there ways to like follow your work or, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Instagram is literally just my full name, Eric with a C, Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, Jr., J-R. Eric Bailey Jr. And I'm an open book. You can follow me, like, comment, all the stuff. Okay. Yeah. What should we look out for? Or what's something kind of in the um, I mean, you so don't have to my think- short okay. film. Uh, we are hoping to be done with it by the end of March. And then um, it's a short, it's like 10 minutes short, but um, we're wanting to submit to all the festivals we can. And so we'll be doing a little viewing party um, for it and uh, asking for donations towards the film to submit because festivals are not cheap. Um, and when you give a donation, it could literally be a dollar. Um, then you'll get the code for, uh, the viewing party. Cool. Okay. So, yeah. So I'll be posting that. Um, we're finishing up the, the poster for it soon. Um, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, follow, uh, if you want to, um, be updated on Eric's, uh, new projects, Go on his Instagram, Eric Bailey Jr. Uh, and then we'll also on our Instagram, um, Sliced Fruit, we'll also post uh, and share some of the things that he's doing as well when that comes around. Um, well, yeah. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. It's my pleasure. talk bad about them so it stopped it's also friday night and so probably people are streaming wandavision what is wandavision really wow that's that's great Gigi. good good for you <laughs> what <laughs> i oh yeah so we have pears for our slice mm-hmm. for... are you eating pears yeah i'm eating pears i'm eating um bosque pears Pears are like uh, on the list, maybe like 23. (laughs) Let me me check my fruit list. I don't have a fruit. This is my imaginary fruit list.
Um, where is pairs on your list? 26. Wow. What did I say? 23? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty close. Wow. <laughs> My imaginary fruit list. Um, I think it's because, like, I mean, I like the flavor of pears. I think it's just, like, when it's not ripe, it's disgusting. <laughs> or it's, like, really grainy and... Oh, yeah. Well, there's all types of... I mean, there's all types of any kind of fruit, but... Right. There's, I feel like pears are really different. Uh-huh. But none of them wows me. You know, I, no. I don't think I've ever been... Wow. If anything, I feel like a pear is better when it's cooked. You know what I mean? Like a poached pear. Like a cooked, yes. prepared pear. Prepared pear. Prepared, prepared, prepared. Yeah, mom like had a uh, Asian pear, sa- uh, not salad, sorry. Asian pear soup, you know, with the almond. Actually, oh my gosh, we totally mm-hmm. brought a Korean pear. Oh my gosh. <gasps> wow. What about, oh, okay, that's true. I am wild by Korean yeah, I know. I feel like Korean pear is its own category. It's not even a part of the pears. Yeah, I know. It's beautiful. And and the way they wrap it, it's like it's like gold. <laughs> it's always the most beautifully wrapped thing in the Asian supermarket. So you said that you liked Andy Squires, or you said that you were going to listen to his music um, um, throughout the weekend. Yes. I, I, I did say that. Um... I was trying to understand the quote that you had quoted. Um, Yeah, so let's read it. Hungry as a mother who cannot find her child. We keep missing each other. I'm in the liquor aisle. Prostrated in your glory, I'm bowed low under this. Either nothing is wasted or everything is. And, um, man, yeah, I... Even just, like, the cadence... And how it reads mm. like a poem which i mean the record itself is called poet priest i'm just like kind of speechless in some sense but really to understand it your original question was like what does this mean i think mm. you know really understanding you really want to listen to the whole song i think it's better in context in heck why not the whole record mm. um but when i how i understand it is um you know uh there's this he paints this scene in the first two lines about you know this very familiar scene where you have this mom like frantic like where the heck is my child you know in the grocery store um we keep missing each other i'm in the liquor aisle and i feel like that line like we keep missing each other this it kind of evokes this feeling of like man like desiring after god or like i feel like i'm like you know like why can't i hear you god i feel like i'm missing you like so mm-hmm. we're on different channels. Um, I'm in the liquor aisle, you know, and I think even just like saying liquor aisle, like, you know, it's just like a very vulnerable space. Um, and like, it's almost as if depicting God as a mom who's looking for a kid. And, mm. um, and really, we're just in the liquor aisle in our own whatever. Um own addictions or own brokenness and so and then even yeah even the next line prostrated in your glory i'm bowed low under this and prostrate meaning like being on your knees being on your face and i think i resonate with that in terms of like those moments with god 
where you're just like, I can't deny that you're real. Or I can't deny that you're not real. Real? Ah, hopefully I said that correctly. And then you just, just have this, yeah, visceral sense to just bow and to, to kneel, to be prostrate. And then this last line, either nothing is wasted or everything is mm. and that really uh, at least when i read that i was immediately reminded of kierkegaard actually mm. um uh oh what's that book that i read the only kierkegaard book that i know something about fear anyways dang it anyways kierkegaard he he, he talks about um faith and doubt and believing and he says this line over and over again in this book um uh, you know, either Abraham, uh, what was that line? Either a something, something to the point of either Abraham is real or he's not, you know, he always yeah. repeats that. Cause he kind of explores the ethics of Abraham giving up his sacrificing his son. And so e even so that kind of helped, that, that reminds me of that. Uh, this line reminds me of Kierkegaard, like, you know, either nothing is wasted on with the Lord, like yeah. all these years of pain or all these years of whatever, you know, it's nothing wasted with Jesus or, you know, everything is, you know, yeah. and it's like just a real, real um, admission. Mm -hmm. you know? um, and so thanks for listening. That's a long explanation of just four lines. It was. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, highly recommend Andy Squire's new record called Poet Priest. And this uh, this whole conversation happened because I Lurching tagged me on one of those Instagram giveaways. <laughs> and so I messaged her and I said, so how many have you won? <laughs> the merch is like legit. It's so cool. I, I did not even see it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Wait, I, now I want to see it. Like, what's? I was like, there's like t-shirts. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so many t-shirts. Why would no, I? The, so you know, it's a t-shirt, a mug. I'm like, I have so many mugs. Did, like, did please you, don't give you, me mugs. Did you did you read the t-shirt? The t-shirt says no dance to give. <laughs> mm -hmm. And at first I was like, oh okay, <laughs> so, uh -huh. what is the speed? Um, but he explains it, and it's like basically like in the terms of like, I'm not here to damn you or to bring condemnation like this is you know not to, wow. to, to to do the whole like you're going to hell like i've none of that yeah but just like the love of jesus and i was like oh it's good okay 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 now now i'm looking and the mug is a diner mug <laughs> and it says no dams to give exactly that's, that's actually really funny yeah i was like <laughs> i want it but i don't know if i want to buy the whole bundle Oh, Which, I see. I mean, <laughs> am I, I'm just being cheap and maybe not a true fan. Was, <laughs> okay, if that bundle had a vinyl record, I would be on that. But there's no, there will be a vinyl record, but um, yeah. I'm just waiting for that to be. Oh, but no, that's sweet, Lurching. I, I appreciate that you, <laughs> I just love when people tag a bunch of their friends on things for giveaway. They're just like, we're close enough for me to use you right now. Wait, uh, actually, un though? unabashedly, <laughs> without shame. That's, that's like crazy. that's how you know like who your close friends are. It's like who would you like unabashedly tag all the time for these free giveaways? Yeah, <laughs> you're like I love free stuff and I'm not ashamed, I'm and not ashamed. you yeah. know it too. <laughs> yeah, I also tagged people who I thought like, oh, I think you would like this music. So. Uh huh. 
sure. That you was not the me. only one, Gigi. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Lucia, you should just tag my other in my finstas. <laughs> Your finstas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, is this public knowledge that you have finsta? Gigi? Dude, I just created a new finsta. Did you really? Oh my gosh, how many fences? Well, I, I do know how many fences. I know, I have so many. <laughs> it's only a recent phenomenon. Oh my gosh. But I was like talking to a friend and I said, well, should I? Sh well, anyways, you have to follow. But it, um, I was like, wow, BRB gonna weep. And I was like, wow, that's such a good Instagram account name. <laughs> Wait, wow, gonna weep. for the name. I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save that. Is it things that make you cry? Yeah, just like things like you know, pensive thoughts. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, there you have it. Gigi has more than one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so good. Well, thanks again uh, for joining us and listening in to this special episode with Eric. Um, again, you can follow him on Instagram, Eric Bailey Jr. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Sliced Fruit. And make sure to hit that um, follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like something um, that you heard, we'd love to hear what's resonating with you. So hit us with the comments. DM us or even share with a friend um, this episode or our other episodes out there. Um, and so I'll leave you with messages from our listeners on what they found beautiful this week. If you have something beautiful you encountered that you'd like to share, record yourself and DM us on Instagram and we'll include you on the next show. Until then, thanks for listening everyone and have a great week. Hey, Gigi. Hey, Lorsheng. Well, I wanted to share what I found beauty in this week. Um, I think one thing I've been thinking about is finding beauty in the brokenness. Um, in our constant pursuit of perfection, I think we often lose the sight of sitting down and just laying everything down at uh, God's feet. And so that's what I found beauty in. Also, my students, because they're amazing and they always bring me so much joy. So, yeah, hope you all have a great day. Hi, my name is Tiff Mao. This week I found beauty in cooking the perfect egg yolk sandwich six minutes in the air fryer topped with some guacamole. <laughs>